Welcome to the podcast. Should we change the name of Columbus, Ohio to Flavortown, Ohio? It's an it's a question that has been on the the lips of every civil rights activist for generations. We get into into that one a little bit today. Pat Gray joins us to talk about Black Lives Matter and whether we should be guarding statues or not. Uh, Justin Haskins uh, has a really interesting thing I had never heard of called the Great Reset, a plan that's going forward here in the future of resetting the economy, resetting the way we do things, uh, joined by tons of global elites who are in on this uh, project for the next big crisis. Those details are terrifying. And uh, a Daily Caller reporter who was attacked, surrounded by protesters in Washington. Police had to pull her to safety. Thank God the police hadn't been disbanded yet. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription. You can get access to, of course, the radio show uh, in visual form, if you'd like to see that, as well as uh, Glenn TV and Stu Does America. Tonight, we go over some of the election stuff. Where does the election actually stand? How much of it is media hype? We'll get into that tonight. Please take it some time and go over to Stu Does America and subscribe, rate, and review that podcast. And, of course, this one, the one you're listening to now. Here's the podcast. joins us now pat gray from his pit of hate is uh, his <laughs> podcast is uh, labeled pit pat's pit of hate i don't think it is called hi, that no hi glenn you uh, don't no i, I don't hi, hi, think so i think it's pat gray unleashed oh, okay but i yeah. guess it could be subtitled the pit of hate uh pit of hate <laughs> yeah because uh, it really is uh, i hate what's I mean, going on right now i will say that i hate what's going on i can't i can't understand what's going on and i can't believe What's going on? Uh, if you would have told me, I can't believe. He, if if you would have told me ahead. last year that Black Lives Matter would have a sixty eight percent approval rating in the United States of America, uh, uh-huh. this Marxist organization, I would have said, oh, "Come on, that's stupid." No, come on now. Yeah, I've stopped saying that that those things can't happen. Yeah, I, yeah, I just stopped because everything. Do you realize I went through some old old archives yesterday? Um, I think all of the Fox predictions, almost all of the Fox predictions have come true now. I mean, have you seen the latest on the dollar? I said one of the things they mocked me for is that we were going to have a huge crash, that the uh, Fed would start buying our debt. They'd never do that. Well, they're doing it now. They would just print money uncontrollably. They'd never do that. They're doing it. That we would be downgraded uh, in our credit rating. They'd never. And they did that. And the collapse of the dollar as the world's reserve currency would be our undoing. Have you seen the latest news in the financial papers? They're all saying the end of the dollar as the uh, as the reserve currency. When that happens, we are done. We are done. We're Mexico. We're Mexico. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, when when you've budgeted what ten trillion so far this year, uh, they start this to year look ten at trillion dollars. Ten trillion dollars and uh mm-hmm. and they're starting to realize gosh they're printing up a lot of money here that's a lot you're not gonna be able to do that there's a lot of u.s yeah. dollars floating around yeah. i wonder if that will work yeah. hmm mm, i wonder <laughs> it's so amazing. trump just announced and trump just announced that he's going to sign an executive order to make the cities guard their monuments is is it 
Is it just me, or why is he? Why is this so late? Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Why? Why am is, I the only one that feels that way? No, it's all late. I mean, they're just now saying. Well, you know what? We should maybe take back part of Seattle that is called Chaz now. Maybe we should take that back. Why is that so late? Everything we're doing is ridiculously late. Ridiculously. Why are we only now worried about the U.S. dollar that we just talked about? Why are we only now worried about the monuments and cities being taken over by Marxists? Why? No, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think Congress is. Uh, where are the Republicans on this? I saw Mike Lee talk about it. I saw uh, Cotton talk about it. Who else? Where is? The, where are the worthless, spineless Republicans standing up and saying enough is enough? Yeah, I have. You know even... why they're not standing up? I think they're afraid. They're afraid of are the they... left. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're afraid of the left. I, Stu, you want to chime in on this, or are you just staying so you can uh, keep your job after they leave? <laughs> I mean, it sounds actually like a great idea now you mention it. Um, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think it is probably fear. I, I, it seems to go in these little waves, right? Like there's a wave after a big event like this. I, I keep coming back to the same thing that keeps rattling around in my mind is the David Hogg gun thing, where. For, I don't know, a month or two, it seemed like anyone who even referenced a gun would be canceled. And Mm -hmm. all these states were passing all these bizarre resolutions and trying to restrict gun ownership. And then there was there's this wave and then this kind of emotion went by and then it went back to. I mean, I want to say normal in quotes, right? Where it, it was exactly normal, but it felt like it went back to normal for a little while. And this is, it's been become just a bizarre cliche from Rahm Emanuel back in the day, but it's this, it's this crisis. It's like, never let this crisis go to waste. Here is an example mm-hmm. of that happening again, where the George Floyd thing has allowed people to uh, objectively um, um, deny reality for a period of time. Where we can all sit back and say the thing, you know, sure, we can look at these stats and it'll prove the exact opposite of what we're saying. But right now we have to do something. And it's been the effort that they've tried to do with climate over the years to create that constant feeling of stress and crisis so you can pass all these things. But these are much more effective things. They use George Floyd. They ignore the poor three-year-old kid that was murdered in Chicago. It's just not. Oh, nobody the, cares about no that. Cares, except for nobody the family who's saying, saying why doesn't anyone care about our kid? Our three-year-old who was an innocent, you know, bystander in a shooting had no, mm-hmm. no, no reason, no belief, uh, no, nothing they'd ever done wrong in their entire lives. And they're dead and no one cares. Was she shot by a white cop? No. Oh, yeah. Then we don't care. Seriously, 104 people were shot over the weekend in Chicago. 104. Yeah. 14 of them died. In New York, in New York, <clears throat> shootings are up 400%. Yeah. 400%. And an important Why? part Why of Why do you suppose that, that is? Because we, 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 we make, bring up this criticism often, right? Where it's, you know, Chicago or whatever city's in the middle of a violent outbreak. And it's like, well, why doesn't anybody care about this? 
And it's not a criticism of those communities, right? It's not a criticism of Chicago. Watch these parents as they're talking mm-hmm. about their three-year-old being dead. They very much do care. It's a criticism it. of Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter in the media, right? Where are they? Where's Activists that group? in media. They right. don't actually care about this problem. The they communities don't. do. They want it solved. The mom and the dad who are sitting there in their house who've lost their child for no reason whatsoever, they freaking they, care they about care. it. It's just that Chris I'm Cuomo doesn't you. care about it. Yep. Yeah, there is a there is a there is for the very first time in my life, a very clear and distinct line between the elites and the average American. Right now, I think the average American is like, what the hell is going on? Where is everybody? What what happened? And it is the elites. This is not a a a revolution of the streets. This is the elites. And I mean, I mean, the the Democrats, the banks, uh, the uh, Bilderbergers, the Whataburgers, you know, it is it's not a conspiracy. In fact, I'm going to show you next hour something that just happened out in the open and nobody paid attention to it. These are the world leaders all getting together and saying, we're going to we're going to change the whole system. We're going to change the whole system. Mm-hmm. I know, I know the people don't want it, but we're going to shove it down their throat. And the way they're going to do it is to have us rise up. They are just leaving us to fend for ourselves. And what do you expect people to do? If they start coming into our churches and tearing down our statues in our churches, they've already told us that we can't go to church. They've already said that. You can go and protest, but you can't go to church. Mm -hmm. I mean, what more is it going to take? And no one seems to go to jail for it. No one seems to be investigating. When I show you tomorrow night what we found on Black Lives Matter, how they're getting their money, because this is enormously well-funded. There's 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 no way this has a global arm without having millions and millions of dollars. Who's doing it? Well, I got news for you. It isn't black people. It's a bunch of white elitists, white supremacists. They have these guys, these white Marxists have been using black people and no one is saying anything about it no one is saying you guys you're being used now a lot of these blacks are marxists that are actually in blm but not the people on the streets not the people who are actually concerned about their neighborhood and they're all being used by these elites and it's I've, i'm i'm watching a country in revolution right now. I'm watching a coup happen. There's no other way to describe this. This is a coup. It's 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 happening and no one seems to care in the media. No one is ringing the alarm bell. Everyone's making excuses for it. And we're and we're sitting around and what, what are we doing? Where I asked for this yesterday and I and I I want to be really careful when I say anything because you know my audience knows that I have always preached nonviolence this will be the end of the republic if the right becomes violent it will be the end of the republic I guarantee you it's what they want they couldn't get us to do that in the tea party 
So now what do they do? They have to just let the monsters loose on our street and take everything that we hold sacred. They've taken our jobs. They've taken our rights. They've taken our religion. And what have we done? Nothing. They're changing the conversation. They're taking our tradition. They're changing our history. We're moving into a different place. What is what is that? I'm sorry. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> well, it's a direct knows. quote from Michelle Obama. Yeah. Yep. So they're they're doing these there's they're doing these things uh, and we're not doing anything. And I ask you to stand. But I ask you, I remember having so many conversations in Birmingham. Glenn, why are you having people sign the Martin Luther King Pledge of Nonviolence? Because I wanted to put it in your head. Over and over and over again. I knew I was early, but I knew there would come a time when we would have to really take that pledge and know that we had to walk like Christ. And if we didn't, we'd be doomed. Well, that is this time. And where are those people that are willing to stand up and walk like Christ? Where are the people that are willing to stand and and encircle some of these statues. Where are you? You're going to get beaten in the head. But I have to tell you, I, I know Navy SEALs that have gotten beaten in the head over and over again. They fight back. But are you willing to take a beating to the head and not fight back to save the Republic? Because that's what it's going to take. Martin Luther King was right. When you put good versus evil side by side, if you have a bunch of people that are surrounding a statue and they're all church going, loving people and they don't want any problems and they're holding hands and they take the beating, it ends this. It ends this. You send in the military and it explodes. You send in somebody who wants to be violent and it explodes. You send in. God-fearing, God-loving, Christ-like people, and you save the republic. Is anyone willing to stand in their own community as a group, sing songs, and take a beating to the head to save our history and our republic? That's That's a tough call, but they only get more tough from here. Thanks, Pat. I'm not willing to sing, but I'll do the rest of it. But I'll leave the singing to someone else. (laughs) You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Justin Haskins is the editorial director of the Heartland Institute. He's with us now. He's also the uh, co-author of uh, my book, uh, Arguing with Socialists, uh, which, Justin, when we were writing that, would you have ever thought that we would be here today with what's going on? I mean, I think we're in a revolution right now. Yeah, we're absolutely in the early stages of a socialist revolution. And when we were writing that book, I thought, you know, some of these things, some of the predictions we're making, this is going to happen for sure. But I thought maybe a few years, you know, not a few I did months. too. <laughs> I thought 2024 maybe. Yeah. My gosh, we are here and it is it is it is terrifying what's going on. You know, I read a great story in uh, or a great editorial opinion in Town Hall last night, 
And it was about how this is actually not a revolution from the streets. This is a revolution from the elites, the elites who have always despised the free man, who have always despised the the little people in the country. Um, and they're really the ones behind this. And then you come to the table today with the Great Reset, which I have not heard about anywhere. And this is terrifying. Explain what yeah. the Great Reset is. Yeah, this is the most important story in the world right now. I truly believe that everything that you're seeing that's going on, all of the chaos in the streets, people tearing down statues, demanding all kinds of Marxist new programs, the infinite printing of money, all of this is leading toward the Great Reset. So I think the best way to understand this, especially for your audience, Glenn, um, is that they, they think of the Green New Deal, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders, their Green New Deal, and if the Green New Deal and Agenda 21 were to get together, you know, and make passionate socialist love to each other, the result would be the Great Reset. That's what this is. So earlier in June, a bunch of the most powerful people in the world, the UN Secretary General, for example, Prince Charles, the head of the International Monetary Fund, a bunch of CEOs and presidents of major corporations like Microsoft, MasterCard, BP, they all get together for the, with the World Economic Forum, and they have this event where they roll out this idea for a great reset of the global economy. They say, you know, this whole capitalism thing, it isn't working out. We need to completely scrap that and use the current pandemic as an excuse and a justification for building a completely new economy. They're openly calling for this. And this is where reset comes from in great reset. We're going to push the reset button on the entire economy. And, and that's exactly what they're planning on doing. And they haven't laid out the details of it. The details of the plan are going to be laid out at another meeting in January 2021 in Davos. And they're going to get together and they're going to come. They're planning on getting together and, and working with this group, this national or international network of student activists to put together this big, far reaching plan to completely reset the global economy and um, and then roll it out in 2021 and their justification for it, because you, you're probably thinking, well, COVID-19, I mean, that may not even be an issue in January. Well, the justification is the next great crisis, the next great crisis that to end all crises, climate change. That's going to be the focus of this meeting in 2021 and the justification that's used for completely wiping out the global capitalist economy and replacing it with effectively some kind of crony socialist system. Now, Justin, how can people go to a credible source, preferably them, uh, and verify all of this? Because this sounds like a conspiracy theory. Now, there's a difference between a conspiracy theory and conspiracy fact. So how do you how do you verify this if you're the average person? So you're not going to somebody's reporting on it. You're actually seeing what happened. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great that's a great point. I mean, I, I understand it sounds like a conspiracy theory. I get that. But the reason it sounds like a conspiracy is because it is a massive conspiracy. That's that's what it is. The way that you can verify this and go straight to the source is go to StoppingSocialism.com. We've got a bunch of articles about it. And in those articles, we link directly to the speeches that were given at this World Economic Forum event 
articles that have been written by a variety of people about the Great Reset, and you can see in their own words direct quotes either on our website or you can go directly to the World Economic Forum website itself and find all of this information. And it, it, this is not me reinterpreting their words for them. They are openly saying yeah, let, that we need to completely let me give, reset capitalism. This is the head of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. He said, the world must act, act jointly and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies from education to social contracts and working conditions. Every country from the United States to China must participate. Every industry from oil to gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism, end quote. Wow. Yeah, it, it speaks for itself. It speaks for itself. They, they, these people are we're in a, we're living in a time that is so chaotic and so crazy that I believe the powers that be, the most powerful people in the world who have been wanting this move to the left for a very long time are seeing an opportunity to openly present this as an, as an option that they think people will take voluntarily. And that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing them presenting it, showing their cards, really for the first time in this kind of way, and openly calling for a total global transformation of the world economy. Their goal, I'm going to use their language, their goal is to use climate chaos created by the pandemic uh, and, and the alleged dangers of climate change to, and I'm quoting here, reset the world's capitalist economy to make it more equitable, fair, and to rebalance economies. Justin, I said probably in 2007, six or seven, that the globe, that I realized that the only way to rebalance economies is to bring the United States down. You can't bring the world up to the level of the United States. And so you needed to crash the dollar and to crash our economy to be able then to keep us low, and that way everyone would be balanced out. Is that what's happening now? I, I think so. I think so. I, I really do believe that the key to understanding all of this is modern monetary theory. Essentially, the, the, the infinite or near-infinite printing of money by central banks to pay for any number of programs that they want to create in order to get the world to that point where they're willing to accept printing trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars as normal, you have to have the global economy crash in a spectacular way like we've seen with COVID-19. That's the only way you could have modern monetary theories for something like that to happen, a world war or something like that. And that is exactly what has occurred. And that's how you're going to get socialism in the 21st century. This is what 21st century socialism looks like. You see, you don't have to confiscate people's property. You don't have to throw people in gulags. All you have to do is control all the printing of the money and then decide who the winners and losers are. And then you create this 
disgusting, crony socialist system. And that is exactly what's going on here. That's what the Great Reset is all about. That's what climate change is all about. And that's why so many of these major companies are signing up for the Great Reset. Why would MasterCard and Microsoft and companies like this want the Great Reset? Why would they want that? Well, because there's going to be something in it for them. And that's what's happening here. It's world government institutions mixing with socialists and activists and major crony corporations to create an entirely new society. That is a phenomenal statement that if you would have said it four months ago, you would say that's, I mean, there, there's just a group of crazy people. But you see now, this is everywhere. And you see how these corporations are all lining up. I, I was <clears throat> talking to my family the other day. <clears throat> um, back in, oh, I don't remember when. Uh, but George Soros, his number one guy, came to meet with my number one guy at one point. And he said, uh, what your boss is doing is hurting Mr. Soros, and it's got to stop. And they say, well, he's not going to. I don't even have to talk to him. He's not going to. Um, if we get something wrong about Mr. Soros, we're glad to, uh, you know, apologize and, and, and point out our error. But we don't think we're wrong on anything about Mr. Soros. You don't understand. The end of the conversation was you don't understand. The ship has sailed and you're either on it or you're not. And my guy said, I don't think uh, my boss, Mr. Beck, is going to uh, want to be on that ship. He said, fine, but you tell him this is going to stop. We took it as a threat. But what I really am paying attention to right now is you look at these companies and it is if they know the ship is already sailed and they want to be on that ship. And so they are doing whatever they can to be able to survive in this new socialist madness that seems to be coming our way. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think the key to understand this is really the key for this, for this to be effective in the long run is to continue creating chaos. You have to continue creating chaos. And the way that you do this, the left has learned this over the past several months. The best way to do this is in the streets. This is the best way to do this. And, and the Great Reset, the thing that terrifies me the most about the Great Reset is they already have this network of youth activists that exist all over the world, not just in America, in 400 different cities, thousands of youth activists that have been trained by Al Gore's Climate Reality Project to believe that we have to make these changes or else the world is going to collapse and we're all going to die from climate change. You can so imagine these, they, they... if you just take those ideas and superimpose it onto all of the stuff that we're seeing with Black Lives Matter, this is terrifying. And yet I think this is just the beginning. I think it's going to get worse than what we're seeing right now. Okay, um, I'm going to take a quick break and come back, and I want you to talk about the global shapers. That's what these 7,000 kids, 400 cities around the world, are all prepared to go out and shape the world closer to their heart's desire. The global shapers will talk about that in one minute this 
is the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right, I guess we have uh, Shelby on with us. Um, sorry, Shelby, we're we're running behind here with you, but uh, our phones went down mysteriously. Um, are you there, Shelby? Yes, thanks for having me on. Oh, do we have you on Skype or something? Yes, yeah. Oh, audio only. Good. Okay, so Shelby, tell us what happened last night. You're a media reporter for the Daily Caller, um, and you uh, went into this crowd last night. And what did you find? What was happening? Yeah, so when I first arrived, um, they were trying to tear down that statue right in front of the White House. Uh, police came fairly quickly, it seemed like, and and pushed these protesters back. They were also trying to create their own autonomous zone. Um, it was going to be the, the Black House autonomous zone. So police pushed them back. There were definitely some scuffles between police and these protesters. Mm-hmm. Uh, then police started just basically holding the line. Um, and then protesters were on the other side holding that line. Uh, and the situation remained tense for a few hours and just sort of escalated, as I'm sure you know, as the evening went on with me in particular. So um, before we get to that part of the story, they were trying to take down the Andrew Jackson statue, which I hate Andrew Jackson. I think Andrew Jackson was one of the most racist guys ever to be president. And that's saying something. We've had Woodrow Wilson in that category. Um, but uh, he was just I think he was a monster. But I don't think we need to tear his statue down. It's a way to learn. Did they make any impact on that statue at all? No, they vandalized it. So they're, they did, you know, they were able to do that. But in terms of tearing it down, I don't think that they managed to make too much headway with that. Okay. So then as the evening progressed, it gets dark and you're still there. And you're there with a camera and you start talking to people. And what happens? Yeah, so I went um, sort of into the crowd because a group had arrived that had sort of makeshift shields, and they were lining up right in front of police officers. So I went a little bit closer to grab better footage of that, and um, some of the protesters didn't like that I was filming them uh, and started accusing me of being a cop. I'm not sure why, but they decided that I was an undercover cop. Um, I, I showed some of them, you know, my bio and stuff to show them that I wasn't a cop. It calmed some of them down, but did not calm others down. And they just wanted me out of the area. And, uh, so did it get violent? I know police had to come in to take you out. Yeah. So that at one point it got, it got pretty aggressive um, one of the women who was screaming at me, uh, sort of tried to hit me and got pushed into she, the cops and the cops pushed her back. And then at that point, the crowd decided I was for sure with the cops since the cop had in their view defended me. Um, and one of the females just grabbed my phone and started, started trying to steal my phone and a, and a mob sort of formed around me. Um, at which point some of my coworkers tried to step in and one of my coworkers actually pushed me into the police line so that police could um, pull me through. 
so that and then mm. that guy actually um protesters started complaining to him he pushed me into police because i think they wanted me to stay so they could continue um going after me were you afraid yeah, I was a little nervous for sure, especially when the um, mob sort of started swarming around me. I I did make eye contact with a few of my um, male coworkers, and so I I sort of knew, you know, if if anything got dicey, which it did, that they were going to step in and help, which they did. Um, so that did make me feel a little bit better. But these situations just can escalate so quickly. Do you know who Lara Logan is? Yes. Uh, I, I just, I mean, I didn't think I'd ever see this kind of stuff here in the United States, but these mobs are mobs. They are, I mean, that woman in that face mask that was, was right up in your face. She was wearing a, you know, like a, a football helmet with a cage over the front. It was frightening right in your face. Yeah, they were, I mean, yep, there's the there's the woman right there. She had a full hockey mask on, it seemed like. Um, she was one of the, the more aggressive people. There were a few um, protesters in the crowd who were trying to sort of calm things down. They seemed to believe that I was a reporter. Uh, but in situations like that, I've often found that despite there being people trying to keep the peace, it only takes one or two for things to escalate, you know? Mm-hmm. You've been covering the riots from the beginning. What is the media missing? So I think the media is missing that sort of nuance. Um, as I've said in the past, it is it is not just one way or another, right? It's not just a peaceful protest, and it's not just also anarchy 300% of the time. Um, it's definitely a mix. We've seen peaceful protesters. We've seen them doing, you know, so-called the right things. And then we've also seen the looting and the rioting and, and it's, and it's much more complex than I think a lot of um, members of the media are portraying it as. Well, I think there's a lot of people that are being betrayed um, by some of the leadership of the extremes um, that are that are marching in their name for justice. I, I think there are people uh, like that, but I don't think I mean, I think there's a very bright line uh, between th- those people and the Marxist Marxist revolutionary uh, and the anarchist. And it's the anarchists that are being completely ignored which are destroying the message of, hey, we, we need some reform in, you know, some police departments. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, I, I think there is something to be said for police reform, right? Every organization can do better and improve. And there's absolutely been instances where the police are wrong. I'll be the first one to say that. Um, but to go to these extremes of destroying property and attacking people is just i i think sort of losing the message um that some of these people are are trying to get across it's hurting it's hurting their cause a little bit i would say and what is the 
how many of them were there to pull down statues and start their own chaz? Uh, and how many were there with good intent just to be seen and have their voice heard? That's definitely hard to say. There was for sure a fairly large group of protesters around the statue, at least a hundred or, or so a little bit more. Um, there, it, it was sort of the situation was definitely more hostile tonight than it was peaceful or last night than it was peaceful. Um, so I would say there were, there were probably more protesters who were willing to get a little bit aggressive and, and violent and tear down statues than there were peaceful protesters. Now we've seen the opposite, um, particularly sometimes during the, in the middle of the day, if you go out to these protests, they're typically almost entirely peaceful. Um, but, you know, as things go on and the night goes on, I think that's when it tends to that switch. Turns. Sure. So if you were the president or you were the mayor of these cities, what would you do? You know, it's hard to say. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I, I don't even know if I can say it's, it's really my job to report on this and try to be as fair and accurate as possible. Um, I think I would take what I would take a look at what all of these different cities are doing and see, and see what the results are. You know, you, you look at, Seattle's um, autonomous zone. There's been a few shootings there. Is 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 the mayor handling things correctly there? And then you look at you know D.C. how that went down. Is is that a better way to handle things and sort of find try to find a middle ground where um, order can be restored, but the people's voices are still heard and the concerns are being addressed in a productive way. Shelby, thank you very much. Shelby Talcott, uh, she's a media reporter for The Daily Caller. Na, 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 na.